Hello, my name's Luke Cudneen and welcome to the For The Win podcast where we discuss the human side of sports. I'm here with the sharpest NFL mind in the East. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, it's Stephen Ruiz. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? See, I was gonna, I was gonna pay you like five dollars after you said that. <laughs> I just room. couldn't do it. I couldn't swallow it enough to get the five dollars. <laughs> so, so, new NFL season is here. Week two, the first London games coming up for back-to-back London weeks. Stephen, I know you're so excited about that. So, of course. Um, <laughs> so, I thought it would be a good time for us to uh, to talk about NFL franchise relocations. Um, there's been a flurry of them in recent years, and and could be a few more in the future. I suspect that there may be some um, there may be some ramifications of this sort of movement on the field too. So I'm interested to pick your thoughts. But first, um, let's let's start with the Rams. The Rams that uh, they were the first franchise to move back to Los Angeles. They spent 21 seasons in St. Louis. St. Louis picked up the bill. Uh, we'll get to this, but the St. Louis local and state government picked up the bill for a new stadium and they actually moved out of the stadium before the new stadium was finished paying off but um they're back in LA they've they were the first team to make the move and uh, not to sugarcoat it their attendance figures have been atrocious um in week two alone there were uh, more people attended Saturday's Texas USC game than the Rams and Chargers games combined. Uh, they couldn't sell out a 27,000 seat stadium um, when an MLS team, for example, sold out a 71,000 seat stadium. There's all kinds of interesting stats going around. And I guess let's start with the, before we get into the bigger picture, was this the right move or the ethical move? I'm curious about what it is about the Rams on the field that may not be enticing people to come watch them play? Well, the first thing is Jeff Fisher was the coach last year, and he, he runs, uh, how do I put this, uh, an out-of-date system. His offenses are usually, you know, multiple fullbacks, multiple tight ends, just run the ball up the gut for three yards. He's a football guy. And he's a football yeah, guy. He's a, he's a football guy through and through, <laughs> to a fault. A 79 football guy. But, yeah, but he's... he's Teams aren't exciting, and they haven't been very good. That's a bad combination. Like the Saints sell out; they've been seven and nine like every year for the last three years. But they're exciting. They score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. The Rams are like the opposite. They don't score points. They don't give up points. The games are are boring. It's hard to sell tickets. It's hard to s- a boring product. It's hard to sell tickets, and they're not selling tickets. Yeah, that last season, um, you, you know, from a defensive standpoint, I, I actually thought they were quite a few bright spots on that team, but they were just absolutely putrid um, putrid on, on, on offense. Just looked like they couldn't get the ball uh, moving at all. It seems to have picked up slightly this year, but even so, it seems like the franchise hasn't been as alluding to the stats I was saying earlier. The franchise hasn't really gained ground. Um, and I'm curious, do you have any any ideas why? or um, I mean, What is it, I guess, about LA as a town that has made them slightly slower to um, to come back to the Rams. Is it purely because the product on the field isn't isn't good enough? I think that's certainly part of it, but then there's there's a lot of transplants in LA, so you know there's there's a lot of fans, but most of them already have teams. And then I think it's going to take some time for the new coach Sean McVay. He's he's a bright offensive mind. He's going to get that offense going eventually. I think. Jared Goff's going to turn into a decent player. I don't know what his ceiling is, but 
he'll be a good player, and the offense will start scoring some points. And I think the defense is, is going to continue to play well. They're going to start winning games eventually, and that's when you can really say whether this is a, a success or not. Like, if the product is good and fans still aren't showing up, and then, then you have a problem. Right now, I mean, you can understand it. They just moved there. Uh, there's fans of other teams in the city already. The product isn't good. I mean, it's understandable that fans aren't showing up. It's interesting, too. I mean, yeah, we, we will give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being, but I do think it's interesting that um, Kroenke, sort of the, the owner, Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Los Angeles Rams, who um, sort of burned every bridge he could find on the way out of St. Louis, blamed attendance figures as one of the central reasons why he was upping and leaving St. Louis. Um, St. Louis were averaging not, you know, it's fair to say not very good attendances. They were averaging just a hair over 52,000 people in their last stadium, in in their last year, I believe. Um, But of course, they also went 10 years without a team that was in the playoffs. I mean, they had that incredible run early under Kurt Warner, but sort of had since fallen off a cliff and never really come back. So as you said, it was indicative of the product on the field. But I think there was an undercurrent there from Kroenke about saying, you know, this because it's such a massive market, um, we're going to try to get the product good, obviously, but the baseline is higher. And so far, it actually hasn't proven true, which I, which I find especially, um, especially interesting. You know, there's a lot going on in L.A., I guess my question is, is a big market, and I don't think it's necessarily a given when there, when when you're jostling for the attention of, uh, for so many people who already have so many other things jostling for their attention, um, that it's necessarily going to be the home run that he may have thought it would have been. But I think it's hard to trust Kroenke because he's—I don't think he's like a typical sports owner who gets into sports. They buy a team, you know, for the for the competition aspect of it to win. I mean, you look at Crockett, and you can speak to this more than I can. Uh, he's the owner of Arsenal. I mean, if there's any team that uh, you know represents like the business side of sports, it's Arsenal over the last few years. They built that stadium. They really haven't had as much success on the field. They've just been, you know, they've settled for like status quo. But they're just they're making money. They're just raking in money. Yeah, I, and not to go on too much of a soccer tangent because I could. They aren't just making money. They're making money hand over fist. Like, they have essentially... I wrote about this once. Maybe I'll give it a tweet, so check my Twitter feed afterwards. But, um, so, they have this guy, Arsene Wenger, who will go down as one of the greatest... as one of the greatest soccer coaches in NFL history. uh, In NFL history, in Premier League history, excuse me. And, um, basically, what Kroenke has ended up doing is leveraging that ability to... Um, pay off a stadium. Basically, he made him sell all his best players year over year while maintaining Champions League soccer, and in doing so, sort of ran up the profit margins of this company, uh, of uh, this club, so high that they were able to pay off a stadium, an entire stadium that had no public financing, no private financing. He took on a loan against the club. Arsenal were making so much money that they paid off a stadium within ten years, and the the, the performance on the field didn't really drop off. I mean. It's an incredible way to run a business, but it was, you know, if you talk to any Arsenal fan, they, you don't get into the sport, you don't follow a sports team based on their um, business, uh, based on their business acumen. You want to see them win trophies, which Arsenal haven't done, but they've made lots of profits. So I guess that probably tells you all you need to know about Stan Kroenke. Um, but moving on to the other LA franchise, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly, of course, the San Diego Chargers. Uh, they moved... 
in 2017 to their new home um, after 56 seasons in San Diego. Uh, they'll be joining the Rams in a new stadium in 2020. Now, it's, Stephen, I'm interested, maybe this is a bit armchair psychiatrist here, but they went 5-11 and last year, and they weren't a 5-11 and team. They were markedly better than that, I think. Um, and I couldn't help but couldn't help but read into the fact that it seemed like every time they were playing at home they were almost there was almost this sort of disenfranchisement this uh, this this sadness sort of pervading from the crowd of the home stadium it seemed like it affected um a, a good team on the field i mean it, am I, is that my am i am i being an armchair psychiatrist here or do is there something to that no there definitely is something to that because there were several times over the last few years there in San Diego where they had to actually go to a silent uh, snap count because the opposing fans were being too loud when the offense was on the field. That's a pretty bad sign. So maybe fans weren't disenfranchised, but they like stopped showing up. Yeah, and 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 you actually had um, you actually had uh, a lot of players saying that, or if they weren't outright saying it, they were sort of talking off the record about how. You know, an away game at San Diego last year almost didn't feel like an away game, right? Like it felt like a um, maybe like a neutral site game or even like a sort of quiet atmosphere home game, which is quite incredible when you think about it. Um, and and to me, looking back again, like this is not a Super Bowl contending team, I don't think, but I think this is a good team. I think this is a playoff team, and I don't know how bigger bigger swing something like that would impact the team's record but I think it certainly did turn what should have been a much better team into a um into a 5 and 11 team that we saw yeah and I think just selling tickets in San Diego is difficult because you know it's San Diego you could be doing so many other things besides going to watch a mediocre football team play uh but even back when they were good you know when they had Tomlinson they still weren't selling out every week. So I think the, the location matters a lot, and it's going to matter in L.A. because, I mean, I'm saying there's a lot, of do, lot to do in San Diego. There's even more to do in Los Angeles. So that's going to be a factor. But I think these owners are moving, not necessarily because they're going to draw more fans, but their reach is going to be bigger. So when Conkey says, we moved because St. Louis wasn't showing up to the games, that doesn't necessarily mean he thinks L.A. is going to show up to the games more. It's just that you can succeed in L.A. without people showing up, whereas in St. Louis, you probably can't. That's interesting. It speaks to a question I was actually going to ask you why these owners are moving. So what you're essentially saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that um, when you move a team from, say, St. Louis, um, which maybe isn't a internationally recognized city in an increasingly international NFL. Um, you move to a major market like Los Angeles that isn't just a massive city in itself, but it's surrounded by a bunch of people too. Um, are you saying that just the sort of the draw of them being in this nationally recognized city potentially sort of increases their profile so much that um, the, the, the attendance figures don't really tell the whole story? Yeah, and you can see that in uh, the Forbes franchise value rankings the uh, Rams moved up to 12th they're worth 2.9 billion now I'm not sure what they were before but I think it was like a 20 they rose 20 spots just by moving to LA one year and that's exactly why these teams move 
Yeah, so, so and it's also a sort of fantastic move for someone like Kroenke should he ever want to sell the Rams, right? Because he's just increased his, uh-huh. he's just increased the value of that um, business essentially. Um, what uh, by by a huge margin? And um, that's bef- that's before the new stadium has been built. That's right. So when the stadium's built, it's just going to go up. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. That's rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. The Oakland Raiders are the last and most recent, I should say, franchise, NFL franchise to make a move. And I think this speaks to what you're saying, too. Um, first, we'll go off the field, then I'll pick your brain about them on the field. But... Off the field, um, they're moving to Las Vegas. They originally wanted to go back to L.A., but the league sort of denied them that right, so they went to Vegas. A lot of people will come after you on Twitter if you say that Vegas doesn't seem like a big market, um, big enough market to sustain an NFL team, um, which is interesting because um, there's, there seems to be a passionate, there needs to be passionate defense about about that uh, line of line of questioning, I guess. But there's also um, but but I think this speaks to what you're saying, right? That like Los Angeles isn't necessarily banking on the season ticket holder who's going to be there week in week out. They're maybe in terms of attendance numbers, they're they're trying to get the transient, they're trying to get the transient people who may be coming into Vegas as as they do all the time, um, cycling out, cycling in, watching a game and cycling out. Um, it's 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 actually it's an interesting idea, and I'm I'm kind of interested to see it'll work even though it's sad that the Raiders will be sort of sacrificing one of the best but one of the best crowds uh in the process yeah I don't I don't have high hopes for the move to Vegas at all how come I just I don't see people that are just coming into Vegas to have a good time going to a three four hour football game where there's no gambling there's I mean you can drink there but you're gonna have to pay a premium to drink I mean, that's why people go to Vegas. Absolutely. To gamble and party, not to go watch football. <laughs> In the middle of the day, too. You know, that, that's, those are prime casino hours. You know, those are... Those are <laughs> um, they're, they're 2-0 to start this season. Lots of people were high on them last season for obvious uh, for obvious reasons, and they had a good start this season. I mean, what do you make of their chances? They don't seem to have missed a beat. Um, they, they, they announced this move. They're, they're, of course, still playing in Oakland, even though they announced this move. What do you, what do you, make, of, what, what do you make of their chances this season? Uh, I'm, I'm still a year away from being really high on them. I think their defense still has to get better. I mean, they played the Jets. And I'm not really high on the Titans' offense either. It's been pretty bad over the last eight games after being pretty good for 
like a six week stretch stretch and everyone got all high on Mariota and Malarkey, but now it's kind of like falling off. So I don't know how much we've learned about the Raiders the last two weeks, but I'm still, you know, where I was last year, a little bit, my expectations are a little higher. I think they're, they can win a playoff game, but they're not going to you know, challenge the Patriots or even the Steelers. But I don't think the move to Vegas is going to affect that. And we have seen teams relocating affect teams in the past. The Browns, the first time they moved, I think they had they were four and one, or they they Sports Illustrated even had them as their Super Bowl pick the year before. Like the Browns were actually expected to be good. This was when uh, Bill Belichick was coaching there, and then they announced the move in the middle of the season, and the season just tanks. <laughs> it was like they win like one game for the rest of the season. So it it can have that effect, but the Raiders fan base is so dedicated i don't think they care that they're moving to vegas they're just they're just raiders to the core um and now i want to ask you about the london game the first one is this week there's a one the week after that um the jaguars one one team that has long been rumored about becoming the first international nfl franchise is playing there this week um well i guess my question is do you think we'll see a NFL franchise in London. Um, uh, yeah, let's start there. Do you see? Do you think you'll see an NFL franchise in London in the sort of shorter middle um, middle term? Short term, no. Middle term, middle term, possibly. I, I I just don't see how it, how it's going to work. Like, put a team in Toronto first. Put a team in Mexico City first. Yeah. I mean, it's a five hour difference. You're going to mess up schedules. You're going to have to rearrange buys. If the NFL is willing to do that. I think it's worth it because I think you can grow the brand. You, they have to grow the brand like the NBA has. The NBA is slowly taking over the NFL as like the national pastime. Sorry, baseball. You're not the national pastime anymore. <laughs> but uh, sorry, Ted. But yeah, you need to grow internationally. And the NFL hasn't done that at, at all. Really? I mean, they've tried. They've put like preseason games in Japan. They've had regular season games in London now and Mexico City, but I don't think it's really had that big of an effect on their global brand. But yeah, they need to do that eventually. Yeah, I, I have written about this before and I'm sure I'll write about it again. I think it's a foregone conclusion that there's going to be an NFL franchise in London. Probably the Jags, if I was going to put my money on it. Sorry, Jags fans. Um, it makes too much sense to me. The market is... It would be the biggest NFL... Biggest city in the NFL. Um, it, it would probably involve just one team, so that's just a massive market. It's a very international city, so it offers a gateway into the rest of Europe. Um, NFL is massively popular over there. The NFL essentially cherry picks the worst games to bring to England, to bring to yeah. London, and they sell them out every time. And one of the reasons why they sell them out is because uh, gambling is a completely legal and incredibly popular and powerful industry in London. And the NFL, for all its faults, and I think this is something that you can't sleep on when you think about its long-term future, is maybe the most uh, most effective or it's most effective when you're gambling on it it's incredibly easy to gamble on and it's incredibly fun to gamble on um you know the way the game segmented it's very it is very parity driven um the spreads you can't bet on soccer spreads because you can't bet on uh one point you know uh, if most almost every game ends in one goal by the one team winning by one goal so um obviously not the case in the nfl so i think all these factors will eventually push it 
to push the NFL to the conclusion, not to mention, by the way, that the London, uh, the, in, the British government really wants an NFL. They, they are like lobbying hard for an NFL franchise. Um, but I'm curious, Stephen, if this does happen, what do you think this bodes for the league sort of at large? Do you, do you think this is a good thing that they're going international? Or do you think that this is, as some people say, watering down the product to the point that it's going to actually end up damaging it? No, I don't think it's going to damage the sport. I think if anything, it's going to improve the sport. We've seen this in the NBA. You get a lot, you know, you get more people interested. You get a larger talent pool. It's going to improve the product. As for watering it down, I don't see how that's going to happen. I mean, it depends on how they schedule the games. Are we going to get? Is the London home game going to be at nine a.m. every Sunday? Is it going to? I don't think it's going to add to the schedule. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think one thing the NFL team that, that that would actually benefit NFL teams playing in London would be to put the NFL would be to put excuse me the London game not at like nine o'clock in the morning, like put it at three o'clock or oh excuse me one o'clock, um, which would be six. That's o'clock. what they used to do. That's what they did at the beginning. Yeah, they're trying to get another TV slot, and surprise, surprise, nobody wants to wake up at ten a.m. on a, on a Sunday to watch to watch a crappy NFL game. Um, to watch the Jaguars. To watch the Jaguars lose. <laughs> to watch Blake Bortles throw five-yard passes into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think a lot's been made, too, of the travel aspect. I, I think that's actually completely overblown. I think um, what we're essentially talking about from New York to London is a five-hour flight. And, yes, it can get problematic when you're talking to Seattle. But, again, that's still only eight hours. Soccer teams make those kind of turnarounds. They fly from Russia to London and everywhere in between. Um you know, when, when there's that much money on the line, I think travel becomes a secondary thought. Um, so I, I think that's slightly overblown. But um, I guess, finally, what would you say to... Um, I, I, I guess a lot of people are asking the question, has the NFL, between its fans, between um, sort of all these franchise movements, between uh, uh, potentially expanding internationally... Um, some of the rule changes and so so on and so forth. Do you think the the NFL has sort of lost touch with its fans um, and that they are sort of encouraging these teams not to act as a sort of community building, public-private partnership, but they are treating them so much like businesses that this is one of the reasons why you're starting to see people tune out slightly? Yeah, I think they have a lot to learn from the NBA, and I keep bringing up the NBA, but... You, you saw this last year with the social media po- policy where they basically made it so teams themselves can't, you know, post highlights unless and the league has already posted them. And they, uh, when, when we put a, a tweet, a, a highlight in a post, you know, you put it, it's embedded and it's gone, but you can't walk it on offsite. You have to go to the NFL's Twitter account because they want those clicks. They want those views. I think, there's, you know, there's a disconnect there. Uh, yeah, it's good to get those clicks and those views, but is it worth, you know, making fans go, like, you know, fans can't find your product in more places. I don't think it's worth giving up that reach just to be greedy and say, I want those clicks. And the NBA does a good job of that. I mean, you can post NBA highlights. You don't have to go to their site to watch them, but that's become like the social media sport, if that makes sense. Like I feel like NBA game, a big NBA game 
gets more of a conversation going on Twitter than a big NFL game. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on it? I, I agree. I think um, I, I do think there's this element of you know, and, and you start seeing the way. Uh, I, I think NFL has been so popular and so powerful for so long that they started believing the hype that every single NFL game people will tune in for. It doesn't matter how or where we put it, um, who's playing, the, the parity as such will, will encourage people to tune in. And I think this is how you started. Start, this is one of the reasons why you started seeing the Jaguars playing on Thursday night and the Browns, or, you know, the Jaguars playing in London and the Browns playing on Thursday night. And suddenly you were seeing all these spots getting consumed by NFL coverage. And actually, people aren't necessarily going to tune in for a really... Uh, for, for a really substandard game. Um, one of the reasons people were tuning in for Monday Night Football um, in the past, say 10 years ago, was because Monday Night Football was really one of only three times you could see NFL games and they put the best game in that spot. Um, I think the NFL will need to adjust. You know, I think this is, uh, I, I, I don't think, I, th I think this has been a rude awakening in many respects, the uh, sort of the lack of enthusiasm around things like some of the Thursday night games. But I think, I, I do think they will. I think they'll course correct. And I think that in doing so, they'll also open up massive new markets in in places like London, um, who again, really, really are very excited. Yeah, after, after like the last few years, the last like decade, I don't think they've had to work hard to get fans to tune in, but I think that's changing. Yep, nice so thing. they're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to make things more fan-friendly. They're going to have to give them more access where they don't necessarily have to go to the NFL to get it. Yeah, exactly. The mindset of it being a given that people tune into an NFL game is gone. And I do think that that is, you know, when a business is tasked with growing, uh, that is something that they're going to have to adjust. But I think we're out of time here, Stephen. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Stephen Ruiz is our chief NFL writer on For The Win. You can find all his stuff on our website or you can follow him and preferably shout at him on Twitter at, at the Stephen Ruiz. Stephen, you got a, you got anything exciting coming up that we should be looking out for? I am actually going to look into the the ratings problem to see, you know, what's the cause? Is it, is it just technology? Is it, you know, a bad product? And I'll write what I think. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, take it easy, and I will talk to you later. All right. Later.